Hello, everyone. Thanks for checking out LJN Radio. This is Employment Notebook. I'm your host, Tim Muma. And today we're speaking with an internationally recognized nutrition and diabetes expert looking to discuss some tips for better nutrition in all of our busy work lives. Her name is Jill Weisenberger. She's a registered dietitian and nutritionist and the author of The Overworked Person's Guide to Better Nutrition. Jill, thanks for joining me today. Oh, thank you. I'm happy to be here. It's definitely an interesting topic, and I know something that comes up all the time with you know, different companies and the idea of nutrition and how we can help our employees, but sometimes you got to help yourself. So hopefully you can bring us some tips today and, uh, and give our listeners some ideas of how they can help themselves. The first question I had, though, do you really feel it's tougher nowadays for individuals to eat well and be healthy because of the work schedules and the way we do work, especially here in the States? I really do. I think that we all are so busy running around putting out little fires. I don't know if that's how you feel, but (laughs) I know I feel that way a lot. And I know a lot of my clients do. It's like stamp out these little fires that we don't put enough emphasis on things that are truly important, but maybe not as urgent, like planning our meals Mm -hmm. and joining the gym, these things that we're going to do someday. (laughs) So yeah, I do think it's, it's a lot harder. Plus, The office dump is a big problem, too. Everybody brings in the stuff that they don't want to be tempted with, you know, all the Christmas goodies and the Valentine's Day candies. So, yeah, I do think it's hard. One thing I really like to help people do is just start with something that's very simple to change. And it could be any number of things. Mm -hmm. Add more fruit to your diet, start eating breakfast, whatever, to something that's simple. And to realize that it's not a black or white thing. So it's not like you're either on a good diet or you're not on a good diet. Okay. So wherever you are, there's always something you can do better. Sure. Well, you bring up some good points there already. And just the idea that, uh, yeah, there's always food in the office, it seems like. And as you mentioned, it's, it's never the most healthy of things, but maybe we can change that a little bit here. I wanted to ask about the role that stress plays when it comes to food or nutrition. Does one lead to the other? Does it kind of flow both ways? How do you see them as being intertwined in some way? Oh, that's a really good question. So the thing that I think is the most problematic is that when we are under a lot of stress, we can rationalize our good habits away because Mm. it's a temporary stress. Sure. So we can just rationalize it. Or sometimes even if we don't rationalize it, we're just distracted from our self-care behaviors. So if you're worrying constantly about something or working extra, extra hard because you have a deadline, then it's a little bit harder to plan your meals, get to the grocery store, and even decide that that's a priority. Right. So I would say it's good to have a backup plan. So when your plan doesn't work, it's good to have a backup plan, such as what can you get when you go to a takeout place? You know, so if you Hmm. go to a takeout place on a regular basis, why not right now, today, take (laughs) out a piece of paper and figure out three or four things that you can order that are healthier choices. So when you are time crunched, you don't have to figure it out. Put that in your your smartphone, put it in your wallet, wherever it makes sense to you. There's always things we can do better. Sure. And you alluded to this already a couple times, the idea of being able to schedule and plan at least somewhat of what you're going to eat and your meals. Can you talk a little bit about why that's important and why that is far more effective than just kind of going with the flow? Yeah, go with the flow doesn't work. (laughs) A lot of people think that they can wing their food or just wing it with nutrition the way we can wing a lot of other things. But with the environment that we live in today, like I said, with Valentine's Day candy and the office and, and that type of thing, there's no winging it. So you really do need to have a plan. But 
there's so many types of plans and so many ways to plan. You know, some people want to plan out their meals for a week. Some people just want to plan what groceries to have in their house so they can create any number of meals when the the mood strikes them. But Mm -hmm. one thing that I think is really important, and I already mentioned it with the takeout ideas, is to know when, when your plan fails, what are your backup plans? Sure. So takeout might be one of them, but you want it to be smart choices. But running to the grocery store and picking up a rotisserie chicken, some bagged salad, and some frozen green beans is another solution. There's lots of things that you can do, but you really should have a plan and a backup plan and sometimes what I call a backup to the backup. (laughs) So that might even be what food are you keeping in your office because you can't get away. Would that be a healthier frozen meal? Would it be pouches of tuna or salmon? Something like that. I think you're already giving our listeners some good practical advice here. And of course, if you're looking for more of that, Uh, You can look for Jill's book, The Overworked Person's Guide to Better Nutrition. And speaking of that book, it was brought to my attention some of the strategies that were in there. And I just wanted to touch on a couple because I think, uh, you know, it makes people think. And as you mentioned, just having that plan ahead of time. What can you offer up in terms of the idea of pre-portions and why that matters or why it's so difficult otherwise for us to really consider how much we're eating, especially if you're talking about those uh, sweet treats or other items we really love to have that we shouldn't? Sure. That's a great point about pre-portioning. This is something I do for myself all the time, and I find it's really, really helpful for a lot of people. So particularly if you're busy, are you really paying attention to how much you're eating, or are you eating out of a dish, Mm. like a dish of candy, a dish of peanuts, a dish of chips, a bag of chips or something like that? You'll never know how much you're eating if you just dip your hand into a bag of chips. You know, my favorite things are chocolate, dark chocolate, really strong coffee, red wine, and peanut butter. So if I didn't have portion control tips, I'd be a hyperactive fat drunk for sure. But fortunately, I have portion control skills, and they really are a skill, and it's things that everybody can learn. Mm -hmm. So for my chocolate, the first thing I do is I keep it in a cabinet that I have to get a stool for. Oh, nice. Yeah, that just makes it one step harder. (laughs) I don't leave it on the counter. Right. But I have it pre-portioned. So, you know, I have these wonderful chocolate-covered almonds, and they're huge. So I take six of them, and I put them in little baggies. All of um, the entire package, I divvy up six into little baggies, and I put all the baggies back into the package. So when I want my sweet treat, I just grab one little package. Nice. And away I go. Okay. That's one way of pre-portioning. I do the same thing with Triscuit Thin Crisp crackers. I just adore them. (laughs) So I put 10 in a bag, and then all the little baggies go back in the box. When I want to pack my lunch, I just grab a bag. I don't have to worry about how many. And it takes me like a second. That's just something that that really helps me. But, you know, you can use that same concept in other ways. Why not pre-portion cherries and grapes and carrots and bell peppers the same way? So when you want a snack or pack your lunch, grabbing a bag of that out of your refrigerator is as simple as grabbing a bag of chips out of the pantry. Again, I think uh, some great ideas. And, uh, you know, I think it does play to the mindset that we all have. And in this case, as you're saying, it's just making it a lot easier. And, and we're setting up ahead of time, so it's making those, those last second decisions. Another one that kind of plays into what you're talking about here was, and I think this happens to a lot of people, I know myself included, where when we're eating, we're just snacking a lot or we're moving so quickly, we don't really pay attention. Why does it matter that we're taking our time and really, as mentioned in this note here, savoring every bite? Why does that matter for us as far as nutrition? 
Well, just think about it. Isn't it more fun to actually really taste your food rather than just gobble it down? That is true. (laughs) It's a whole lot more fun. So if you really think about your food, what does it taste like and how does it make you feel? So if you're eating more mindfully, most people will eventually learn to eat less food because they become satisfied with much less. Hmm. And it also helps with digestion. That's another thing. But I often do this little game I play in my office sometimes with with patients and clients. I'll give them two chocolate kisses, and I'll ask them to eat one super fast. Okay. And then I'll ask them to eat the other one more slowly and feel how the temperature of the chocolate kiss changes and the texture of it and the flavor of it. And then he asks a simple question, well, which one was more enjoyable? Hmm. It really drives home the point that I can be satisfied on fewer chocolate kisses if I pay attention to them than if I just threw them down my throat. You're also making food sound a lot more romantic, by the way, just by doing that. I I don't (laughs) don't really know how to explain it, but I was just like, what are we talking about? Oh, yeah, food. Okay, we're good. Another area of this I thought was interesting that is mentioned with the idea of nutrition. It's not always food-related, of course. What are some areas that people could really step up their game, so to speak, and help themselves in terms of health and nutrition that might not technically be related to food? Well, getting good sleep is certainly an important thing. We make poor choices when we're sleep-deprived. That's something that is indirectly related to nutrition because if we're not well-rested or if we have too much stress, then we, can, we tend to make poor choices or rationalize, as I had said. Right. But we also know that sleep deprivation is linked to higher rates of obesity, higher rates of heart disease, and also higher rates of type 2 diabetes. Hmm. I think a lot of people think sleep is optional. (laughs) I don't know where we got that idea, but it seems to be a pretty pervasive thought that sleep is optional. It's not. Right. Another thing that I really try to help my patients and clients with is being less sedentary. So it's one thing to be physically active by getting, you know, your 30 to 60 minutes of cardiovascular exercise. But we have found that even people who do that type of exercise, if they sit all day, they still have higher risk for inflammatory disorders, which can lead to some types of cancer and heart disease and diabetes. So we want them just to be less sedentary through the day. So some of my clients get up every hour and do push-ups against the wall, or they stretch, or they walk to the water cooler, something like that. So they make it part of their regular routine. It's all kinds of things you can do. Why not just walk to your coworker's desk instead of emailing? Don't bring the coffee thermos into your (laughs) office. Go into the kitchen to get your coffee, that type of thing. Sure. I think that's great. Just those examples of little things that you can do throughout the day as opposed to, as you said, trying to cram it in at night or whatever when you're working out that it's still, you know, probably isn't enough if you're sitting all day. Maybe this is putting you on the spot a little bit with a couple of these questions, but I figure you obviously are an expert in this. What do you see as being maybe the most understood aspect when you're talking about nutrition or if you're managing your eating habits? Maybe you touched on it already, but what would you point to that people just don't get a lot of times? I think the most important thing, and I did touch on it already, the absolute most important thing is that it's not a good, bad, black, white, Mm -hmm. on a diet, off a diet kind of thing, that it doesn't matter what change you're making. If it's a positive step, it will have benefits. So just not to say, well, if I can't do it now, then I'm not going to do anything. That's one thing. The other thing is in a very similar is that when people, quote unquote, blow their diet, 
they decide to blow it bigger. <laughs> and, you know, that's certainly not going to get them anywhere at all. Right. It usually makes things a whole lot worse and not at all better. So I think we need to stop catastrophizing our dietary missteps. I use this example a lot. If you have a fender bender, does that make you a bad driver? Hmm. It doesn't, no, right? No, not necessarily. If you eat an extra piece of birthday cake when you didn't plan it, does that make you bad at food and nutrition and dieting? It doesn't. So what? You made a mistake. Move on. And I think what, uh, what in general we as Americans make mistakes with is we follow whatever is, is trendy instead of just looking at what really is a balanced diet. And a balanced diet is lots and lots and lots of plant foods. Mm-hmm. Some, you know, lean protein, whether it's animal or vegetable, some dairy, you know, low fat dairy, treats built in so food is really enjoyable and moderate portions. But instead, so often we just, you know, we hear something in the news or we hear something trendy and so we give up a whole category of foods or we fill up our refrigerator with the three new superfoods of the week, that right. type of thing. Again, Jill, I think you've given us some uh, wonderful tips and strategies, and we're talking about uh, the idea of nutrition, especially at work. The last thing I want to check in with you on is for the employers out there that are listening, what could you suggest to them that they could offer up to help their employees at least change their perspective a little bit or help them in the idea of uh, management of their nutrition and their health? Well, a couple things come to mind. Have a kitchen that can adequately hold people's lunches. And, you know, if that's possible, have a large enough refrigerator so people can bring their lunch and give them adequate time for lunch. One time I was at a work site where they had a, had a gym on site, actually. Hmm. And if people went to the gym, they got an extra 45 minutes for lunch. I nice. thought that was the coolest thing. Yeah, that is, that is cool. Allow people to take work breaks so that they can get some steps in during the day. I do know some places have standing desks and treadmill desks. Some people will even take short meetings as walks instead of having everybody sit in the conference room. Mm -hmm. I think it's just the idea of being supportive of everybody's general health and wellness. Jill, excellent stuff that you brought to us today. We appreciate you coming on and sharing your insight and knowledge and obviously giving our listeners, no matter who they are, employees, employers, some nice tips today. So thanks again for coming on. Oh, thank you for having me. I had a lot of fun chatting with you. That will close out this edition of Employment Notebook. Again, we've been speaking with Jill Weisenberger. She's the author of The Overworked Person's Guide to Better Nutrition, and we've been talking about some tips that can help all of us with our busy lives. If you'd like to get in touch with us about this show or any of our podcasts, please reach out to us via email, ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. You can also hit us up on Twitter. Find us at the LJN. For everyone here at LJN Radio, I'm your host, Tim Muma. Take care, everybody. 